Hi, this is Ricardo, pastor of Journey Church Ventura. Thanks for taking the time to listen to our podcast. Hope you're having a great week. We hope it's life-giving and life-changing. Take care. Amen. What a great morning. Good time to worship. Man, that was powerful worship. Good time of communion. Uh, It's so good to have all of you here. I hope you're having a great morning. And I'm excited about this morning. I'm excited about what's going on in our church. We baptized six people um, at just, just recently, and that was powerful all in itself. And we're seeing God move. We're seeing things happen and lives changed. And I think that's super exciting. A couple of things that uh, weren't mentioned here is the men's event this weekend, this Thursday, was, uh, has been canceled. We're going to uh, maybe reschedule that later, but just want you to know that that's canceled. So guys, we're going to get together. Just hold Hold on, all right? And then um, super excited about groups. I want to just encourage you. Next week, we're gonna, you're going to have a, a, uh, <clears throat> an opportunity to see all of our group leaders. We're going to pray over them and ask God to bless them. But groups are the, the glue that uh, helps us in our relationships in church. And uh, they're a great place to grow. They're a great place to hang out. You should have received a flyer this morning. Just kind of letting you know all the groups that we have. So encourage you to be a part of uh, any group that God leads you to and uh, that you want to experience, and uh, super excited about that. Well, we've been in this series called Ghosted, and it's not about God being quiet. It's about um, God actually speaking to us and us being spiritual people. That's the goal, because if we're going to be whole people, then we have to understand that we're, 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 we have to have our intellect going we have to have our, our body going, our physical body going, and then we have our spirit, and that spirit needs to connect with the Holy Spirit. And there's, uh, I realize sometimes that gets weird. It sounds a little weird, even just saying ghosted. I mean, you know, you know all that kind of stuff, and it can, can get a little creepy sounding, but it's not. It's real. It's as real as anything else that we experience in the physical world. And, and so if we get in touch with that, there's a power that comes with it. We've talked about who the Holy Spirit is. We've talked about that He is God, that He, is, he has all these omnis or omnipresent, omniscience, omnipotent, all-powerful, and He's a person. So we don't have to d- talk about the Holy Spirit as an it. He's a he. And he's a person, and he's a, a person that we can dialogue with and connect with and have a relationship with. And I think that's super powerful. We talked about the Holy Spirit giving us power, power that we can do things that we cannot do on our own. And I think that's so essential for all of us to understand and grasp that we have a power available to us that is bigger than us. It helps us do things that we could not do on our own. We have, the Holy Spirit gives us guidance. And helps us to live a life that, uh, in, in the direction that we need to. Instead of the flesh, we can live in the Spirit. And we'll talk a little bit more about that today. And the Holy Spirit builds the body. He puts us together. All of us are body parts. All of us are body parts that make up one body in order for us to do great things for God. And when we're all functioning together, then uh, it's an unstoppable church. It's an unstoppable body of people that put, are put together so that we can bring glory to God, show people God. And then last week we talked about the baptism of the Holy Spirit, that He wants to immerse us into His presence. And it's actually a secondary experience to salvation. And it's one of those things where He wants to, to immerse us, baptize us, just like we baptize people in water. And He wants to, to swallow us up and just <clears throat> can. Give us all the energy and strength and encouragement that we can. And, and that simply means that we have the ability, again, to come back and do things that we could not do on our own. 
And we need that strength. We need that presence. We need that power. And today, I want to talk about um, the, the idea of fruit. The Bible very clearly tells us that there's a fruit that should be coming out of us if we are walking in the Spirit. If we are in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit's in control of our lives. And if you're a guest of ours today and you're not a believer, I know this might sound a little kind of creepy. If you had walking in the Spirit, ooh, floating on the ground, you know, none of that kind of crazy stuff. This is all about what the Holy Spirit does in our lives and then He comes out of us. So if I were to ask your family member or friends to explain what characterizes you, what would they say? What would they say? I, this is a scary uh, thing. If, 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 you, if I went to your closest family member, maybe your spouse, a close friend, maybe a, a, a child of yours, and said, what characterizes your mom? What characterizes your dad? What characterizes your husband, your wife? What characterizes your best friend? And all of a sudden, out of their mouth start coming things like, well, she's so patient. That's a good thing. Or it might say, she is always in a hurry. He is one of the most joyful people I know. He lives with a frown on his face. I had a, a rude awakening. Um, I was driving down the road, and I got a call, and I answered the call, and it was a buddy of mine that said, are you upset? I said, well, why are you asking? And he goes, I just drove by you, and you have the worst-looking face. I was like, man, that's not good. I was, I was on, um, I, so every Wednesday morning we do this uh, Instagram live thing that we've been doing lately, and it's called Ghosted Etc. And if you catch me just before uh, I think the camera is on, I'm looking like this. And I thought the camera was not on, and so that's what you get when you see me on Instagram live. I'm sorry if it's not a very inviting face. <clears throat> but I'm like, man, I got to get a better face than that. And so I'm trying not to frown all the time. She is always, uh, maybe they're saying that she, you're always calm when trouble hits. Or maybe, she, maybe someone says you're always in a constant panic. You're always freaking out. You know? And uh, these are the kind of characterizations that uh, people might say of us. What would they say of the church? What would they say if, if we put collectively... The fruit of the Spirit should be coming out of the church as well. And so if we were to ask people about the church, what would they say? That is the most loving church. People make you feel like you're a part of the family of God. It's a wonderful place. Or it's the, one of the clickiest churches I've ever been to. Lots of people, but only pay attention to each other. That would be ugly. That would be awful. I was a mess. And the church treated me with the most gentle responses to my needs. I came with some obvious sinful issues and felt so judged. What would, the, what would be said of us as, what, how would we be characterized as a collective body? As people who don't know us very well walk in the doors and, and, and do they have free access to friendship and, and, and connection? Or are we pushing them away by loving each other but not loving everyone? I think this is all part of the understanding that we have to understand that when, when we come to the point of having the Spirit move in us or work in us, out of us should be coming something positive. 
Not just good deeds, but a good attitude. It's called the fruit of the Spirit. So there are four kinds of people that uh, would be characterized in this study that we're going to do in just a moment. There's four kinds of people. There's the, the doer. The doer is the person who is a sinner and is doing sin. Okay? There is the not doer. That person is the person who is trying to avoid doing sin. They're not doing anything else really, but they're, they're trying to do everything to avoid making a mistake. These are monkish people. They kind of hide. They kind of stay away from anything, that, you know, everything that, that could cause sin. They stay away from It's evil. There's the do-gooders, and those are the religious people. Those are the people that are doing all the right things for the wrong reasons. They're doing the right things so that God doesn't get mad at them, so that God won't, won't treat them poorly, and they're, they're afraid that if they don't do the good things that um, God will be upset. That's religion. That's religion. And then there's the beer. The beer, the person who is what God wants them to be. The person who is that thing. They're not just trying, they're not just sinning. They're not just uh, not trying to do the wrong thing. And they're not just doing, trying to do the right thing. They're the person who are the thing that God wants us to be. And that's definitely the direction that we're trying to go. And I don't know what category you might put yourself in today. Are you the doer, the sinner? You're living under guilt and shame because you're just continuing to sin. Or you're the not doer. You're feeling okay unless you accidentally do something you shouldn't have done. And now you're feeling bad again. Or you're the do-gooder. And you're feeling good because you do good things, but it's all based on the good things you do. Or are you the beer? Galatians chapter 5 says this. You, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free. But do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly in love. For the entire law is, is fulfilled in keeping this one command. Love your neighbor as yourself. If you bite and devour each other, which sounds kind of graphic. If you bite and devour each other, what, watch out or you will be destroyed by each other. Pretty clear. Verse 16. So I say... Walk by the Spirit. Walk by the Spirit. And you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the Spirit. And the Spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other so that you are not to do whatever you want. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. There's some really interesting statements here. And it all applies to this doer, not doer, do-gooder, and beer. So it says, walk by the Spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the Spirit. So if the first person is the doer or the sinner and it's, it's letting our flesh guide us. If you let your flesh guide you, you're going to do whatever this flesh is hungry for. Okay? I always talk about food, but there's other things that our flesh desires like sex, desires um, uh, appeasement and, and, and popularity and power and all kinds of things that would be related to the flesh. There's a whole list of things in this passage that are, are connected to the flesh. And we'll talk about it in just a minute. But um, <clears throat> if we walk by the flesh, that is the doer. 
You're doing sin. You're sinning. You're doing the things that are unpleasing to God. You're, you're continuing to make the mistakes that are, are unpleasing to God. That's the doer. Um, people uh, that are, are fleshly driven tend to feel guilty and shame all the time. Because they're giving in to something they don't want to necessarily give in to. I, I fell into this trap when I first became a Christian. I, I was a, uh, a, a I, I accepted Christ as my Lord and Savior. I realized He loved me. I realized that He cared. I realized that He wanted. But then my my whole background was uh, don't do wrong things. And unfortunately, my my culture, my my even my youth pastor at the time was encouraging me to have poor relationships. And in these relationships, the flesh was all out there. It was just crazy. And um, I could not please God. And I lived under the shame and this guilt the entire time. Because I was like, oh, I'm just doing. I'm doing sin. I'm doing sin. I keep doing sin. Even though I accepted Christ as my Lord and Savior, I wasn't depending upon His strength or His guidance or His leadership in my life. And as a result, I was letting the flesh lead my life. Not a good thing. And especially when you become a Christian and you start having this conviction about doing wrong, then it's, it gets worse. And, it, and it, it, it's, it's very painful. I don't know about you, but it, it's one of those places where I just, it, it, it ate me up to the point where, and I think I've said this before, where I, I said, okay, I just don't want to live. I don't want to live anymore. If I can't live for God, I don't want to live. And it was really backwards thinking, and praise God, the pastor at that time helped me. And so we don't want to let the flesh lead our lives. And when we do, we become doers. And when we become not doers or don't doers, and what, what one author calls a negative positive, we're, we're trying to not do all the, all the wrong things, but it's, and, and, and that's positive, but it's a negative because really it's, it's not connecting to the Holy Spirit. It's just trying to avoid sin. And when you spend time just avoiding sin, the best way to do that is to become a monk. And even then, in your head, you're, you're, going, you're going to go crazy just with the loneliness and all those other kinds of things. And so we don't want to be a don't-doer because it's the, the spirit, it's contrary, the, 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 the connection isn't there. We're all trying to do everything in our own strength. And when you, don't, when you try to be a not-doer, it's like, it's like when you're a, on a diet and you say, I'm not going to eat this food, then what do you want to eat? Yeah, that food, right? I'm the worst dieter ever. Because as soon as you tell me I can't have something to eat, that's all I really want to eat. <clears throat> and it's, 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 it's hard. It's so hard. It's a confession that I'm making to you right now. Okay? <clears throat> And then the do-gooder, the do-gooder is that person who's trying to do everything on their own, everything, all the right stuff, but because they're doing it because of fear. And that's religion. That's religion. It's, it's, it's that fear-motivated, I'm going to do everything right just so I don't make God mad. And that's, what an awful feeling. What an awful feeling. I felt that as growing up in my relationship with my dad. If, if I messed up, 
oh man, I was going to hear it. He was going to be angry. He was going to be frustrated. I know what that feels like. And we kind of take our parental experiences into our God experiences. And so I was always afraid that I was going to mess up and, and make God mad. And so I was always trying to do the right things. Even after I became a Christian and I felt like I was called into ministry, I was trying to do all the right things, but not with the right heart, not with the right motive, not with the right strength inside. And then when you don't do the right thing, and you do the wrong thing, then you, then you get guilt and shame, and it just keeps, it's a perpetual thing. And so one of the things I learned, and one of the things that helped me uh, get out of this whole mode <clears throat> was understanding that, that uh, God, first of all, God's grace is bigger than my issues. It's not a permissive grace. He's not excited. He's never going to let me be happy in my sin. But he is going to provide this grace that provides room for me to grow. Amen? And, and so when that happens, we then become connected to the Holy Spirit. And when we start walking in the Spirit, then something happens different. And when we start focusing on our Bible reading, when we have prayer, and when we, we hang out with good Christian friends, then life changes. Because we're having the nutrients that need to grow fruit in our lives. We have those coming in. And when we have those nutrients coming in, then the right things come out. So let's, let's, let's look at it this way. In Matthew 12, 33, it says this, Make a tree good, and its fruit will be good. Or make a tree bad, and its fruit will be bad. For a tree is recognized by its fruit, right? Okay, I said this earlier to our volunteers. I said, if you want to be an apple tree, but you got lemons coming out, something's wrong. You have the wrong expectation of yourself, first of all, but you're, you're, you're a lemon tree. You shouldn't be making apples. And too many of us think, you know, I'm a Christian, but we got the wrong nutrients coming into our lives that, that produce different fruit, and it won't work. <clears throat> and so you, uh, and this is Jesus talking to a bunch of Sadducees and Pharisees, you brood of vipers, how can you who are evil say anything good? If you're evil, nothing good is going to come out of your mouth, for the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. A good man brings good things out of the good stored up in him, and an evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in him. And so the reality is, what we have to ask is, what's inside? What have we been taking in? Because that's what is going to produce the fruit. And so if, <clears throat> if we're asking the question, what's inside? Or what fruit am I producing? Then it will reveal what's inside. And I think that's really, really powerful. There's another passage in James says, all kinds of animals and birds, James chapter, uh, chapter 3, verse 7, all kinds of animals, birds, reptiles, and sea creatures are being tamed and have <clears throat> been tamed by mankind. But no human being can tame the tongue. It's a restless evil full of deadly poison. Nice language describing our tongues. With the tongue we praise our Lord and Father, and with it we curse human beings who have been made in God's likeness. Out of the same mouth come praise and cursing. My brothers and sisters, this should not be. Can both fresh water and salt water flow from the same spring? My brothers and sisters, can a fig tree bear olives or a grapevine bear figs? Neither can a salt spring produce water. And it's just simply saying that from what's inside is going, whatever's inside is going to come out. And that's the fruit. It's the fruit of our lips. It's the fruit of, our, of what we're taking in. And out comes whatever is inside. And so we have to ask the question, what's inside? 
what's inside. I want to go to verse 19 in, uh, in Galatians. And it says this. It says, uh, it, it's very clear about the acts of the flesh. The acts of the flesh are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity, and debauchery, idolatry, and witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, and envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. I, thought, I think it's really interesting here simply because it very clearly says that these are all acts. These are all doing things, Right? These are all things that we do. These are all things that can be done. But when it comes to what walking in the Spirit is, it changes. In verse 22 it says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. This is a really interesting passage because we go from a doing list to a being list. And I think it's so essential that we understand the difference between the doing and the being. Because if we be what God wants us to be, then the doing just simply follows. The fruit comes. But if we try and do without the being, then it's religion. And I think we have to get away from that. I think we have to understand that we have to become, uh, connect, become spiritual people, which is the whole goal of this entire series, is that we would become spiritual people to the extent that the fruit of our lives would be spiritual. And the fruit of the Spirit is just that. Love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Our goal should simply be that if, anyone ever asked us or asked our friends or our family what characterizes your mom, your dad, your husband, your wife, that these, this would be the list. This would be the goal. This would be the ambition. But it's not something that we make as a goal. We have to ingest all the things that put the fruit out. We have to connect with the Holy Spirit who is inside and when he comes out, then this is what we get. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. That's what comes out. It's, it's super simple, but it's complicated at the same time because our flesh wars against our spirit and we want to let the flesh lead and we want to hold back the spirit. And, and inside we really want the spirit to come out, but we're letting the flesh lead. It's an it's a ugly, ugly process. And so how do, we, how do we nurture this? How do we nurture the, the fruit of the Spirit coming out of our lives? In John chapter 15, Jesus really makes it clear. He really makes it clear how this happens. He says, I am the true vine and my Father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. So the expectation is to bear fruit. Okay? While every branch that does bear fruit... He prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. So God doesn't want us to just be a little fruitful. He wants us to be fruitful. He wants us to be very fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. So we don't have to do things to be clean. The the cleaning's already happened. This is the key right here, verse 4. Remain in me. Everybody say it with me. Remain in me. 
and I also remain in you. If we remain in Christ, if we, and how do we do that? Prayer, Bible study, good friends, good Christian friends that, that give us good influence. There also needs to be an outflow because when the outflow happens, the fruit of the Spirit comes out and makes the difference. You can't love without somebody else on the other side receiving love. You can't be patient without somebody who requires patience. By the way, don't ever pray for that. But you're going to get it. You can't be gentle unless there's somebody who needs gentleness. You can't be faithful unless there's somebody who needs faithfulness. You can't, it, 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 it has to flow out. But when it flows out, it's because simply we remain in Christ. This illustration is simply make sure that your, your branch is connected to the stump or the, the main vine of, of, the, of the grapes. And, and this was a very visual part of of the Jewish culture, and, and you have to remain grafted in. As soon as you pull yourself out, what happens? You die. And you're no longer fruitful, and you're going to be cut off. And if you are fruitful, you're going to get pruned so that you can be even more fruitful. And that pruning process is no fun. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. He wants us to bear much fruit, but we have to remain in Christ. How do we do that? We become spiritual people. We invite the Holy Spirit in. We make sure he's already there. He's living inside. And so we connect with him so that the fruit of the Spirit can come out. And when that happens, we can experience the joy of the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace. All those, those characteristics then are expressions that happen naturally in our lives. We don't have to sit there and just kind of try and force love out. It just grows out. It comes out. I've, I've made this illustration before, but we don't have to be the tree that just goes, I'm an apple tree, mmm, apples. It doesn't happen that way. The tree just doesn't grunt apple trees out or apples. It, they just grow because it's healthy, because it's full of nutrients, because it has everything it takes for it, which is an apple tree, to produce fruit. But as soon as there's a, a, a restriction on a branch or as soon as there's a branch that's broken, whatever the case may be, that fruit isn't going to come out because it's blocked, it's, it's prevented, it's hindered. We need to remain in Christ. Only people who take in the nutrients of the Spirit will bear the fruit of the Spirit. How do we do that? Prayer and meditation, the Bible, and fellowship with good friends. That's why I believe in groups with all my heart. Groups are for us to hang out together, to grow together, to push each other, to uh, encourage each other, to live life together, to go through it so that we can stand up when the time gets, times get tough. But those three things are essential to remaining in Christ. Prayer at the altar, hanging out at your dinner table, or wherever you've defined the place for your quiet space. Making sure that you are remaining in Christ. Thinking about His Word and, and not just reading it and trying to make it, make it a to-do checklist. Then you're becoming a, a, a do-gooder. Yep, got my Bible reading. Yep, got my 15 minutes of prayer in. Yep hung out with my group, and you're doing it all for the wrong reasons so that somehow we're just going to keep God happy. The Bible says that there's nothing that can separate us from the love of God. He's fully in love with you. 
not going to leave you. He'll never leave you nor forsake you. So there's a lot of promises that happen regardless of our actions. But what needs to happen is we need to connect with that. With that God who is always there. With that Holy Spirit who is always present. With that Holy Spirit who is living inside of us. And when that happens, then the fruit of the Spirit comes out. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, faithfulness, goodness, self-control. All that comes out and we begin to affect our relationships. We begin to affect the people around us. The people who don't know Jesus are like going, what is it in you that's different than what's in me? And the power of the Holy Spirit changes the game. Last passage of Scripture in that, in that Galatians passage says, since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. And, and I'm reading it in a calm voice. The, the, the Greek language here, it's an imperative, which means a command. And Paul is saying like, in light of the fact that we live in the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. That would be the command version. Okay? And so I'm going to let you live with that one right there. It's not really my way of rolling. But let us not be conceited, provoking and envying each other. Let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let us march in the rhythm that the Spirit gives us. And when we do that, we see the fruit of the Spirit come out of us. It's an imperative. It's not a, it's not a suggestion. It's a command. Let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let's walk with Him. Let's talk with Him. Let's do what He does. Let's be involved in the things He's involved in. And when we do that, we experience an amazing transformation of our own lives. What does it mean to live in the Spirit? It means that we live with more... <clears throat> we, we don't do the, the do-gooder thing. We don't do the, do, the doer thing. It doesn't mean we're trying to um, not do all the bad things. We're just, it means that out of us comes what, the, what the, the nutrients we've been taking in. And it becomes natural instead of unnatural. It becomes not, it, it's relational instead of religious. And it's, it's amazing. And I want to encourage you. I, I, this is something that at the beginning of this year, um, I felt that I was, as a pastor, starting to live my life a little bit more about being a pastor than a Christian. I'm going to make that little confession to you. It's a temptation that we all deal with as pastors because our job is kind of religious. And one of the things that, that is so important to me is that my, my faith is authentic. Because if it isn't authentic, it won't be authentic here. And so at the beginning of the year, I, I, I told the Lord, I said, Lord, I just, I, I want my, my faith to be so real that it's lived out outside of these walls. It's lived out with my neighbors. It's lived out with my, my friends. It's lived out with my, my volunteer roles and everywhere I go. And I've just asked the Lord to, to say, God, can I just, like this, walk in step with you? And I've had some of the most dynamic moments. Dynamic moments of talking to friends, talking to neighbors, talking to people that I volunteer with, um, and, and they're, they're Holy Spirit moments. They're not moments that I would respond well in if I were letting my flesh lead. 
because I'd get angry or I'd, I'd, I'd assert myself and, and, and try and, and be the answer to the problem. And I, and I can't be specific because I, I just think that would violate a little too many confidences. But what I can do is say that simply what I feel, and I'm not saying this in a prideful way, but what I feel ha- has happened is that God has said, okay, just listen constantly to me. Feed your soul. Feed your soul with Bible. Feed your soul with prayer. Feed your soul with good influences. And as you do, you will see what happens. And I feel like the Lord is just continuing to, to lightly, not, not like overwhelmingly, but just in my own personal life, make a difference in, in the lives of people around me. That love has shown up when I would not normally have love. Joy has shown up when I'm not usually joyful, other than when I'm driving and my face is looking like... You know, it, 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 the, the, the fruit has... It's, I'm, I'm feeling okay. I'm, not, I'm far from perfect and I have my moments, but at, at the same time, I feel like the fruit has come out. And that's my prayer for you because when the fruit is there, Jesus is. When the fruit is there, it's a, ple- it's a pleasant life. It's not a life of stress and panic and frustration and all this stuff that happens and road rage and anger and Oh, it, no, it's love, joy, peace, patience, gentleness, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, and self-control. All of that is there. And those are all wonderful experiences. Not just for me, but for the person or people that I'm hanging with. I mean, they would much more see that than the, than the flesh side of Ricardo. And I think I, you, for us, if we were living those lives, people would see Jesus far more than they'd see our flesh, Right? So my prayer today is simply this, is hopefully you would have the, the awakening I've had in my life. And, and maybe you're praying the prayer that I prayed and say, God, I just want you to be so real in me. I want you to be, I want your fruit to come out of me. I don't want to be a religious person. I don't want to be a, a person that's, that's trying to just, just be what a pastor needs to be. Or I want to be a real Christian. One that lives with that, that fruit. One that lives with that outpouring of God's Spirit in my life wherever I go and who, with whomever I'm with, no matter, the, no matter the circumstance or situation. And when that happens, it's really, really cool. So I want to pray for you. I'm going to pray that God just pour out His Spirit on you, that we, become, we continue to become these spiritual people that will continue to connect with God and let His fruit simply flow out of us. Simply flow out of us and let the Holy Spirit lead and guide our hearts. Heavenly Father, I pray today that You would work powerfully in all of our lives. God, that You right now would become so real to us that no longer are we trying to, uh, no longer do we desire to let the flesh lead us and be doers or, or, or the not doers of just trying to avoid the wrong things so that we don't displease you or try to do all the right things so, we don't, <clears throat> so, so that we can please you. But Lord, that we could be what you want us to be. You want us to be Christ-like and we can't do our way to that. 
We can only be that by the outflow of your Holy Spirit in our lives. And I pray right now in Jesus' name that you would touch the lives of each person in this room. That every person in this room would have somewhat of an awakening like like I've had. That, Lord, I'm leaning into that religious life. I'm leaning into that hope that I can just do enough to make you happy. Lord, I don't want to do that. I don't want to be experience you in a fullness, Lord, to, to not just live a religious life. Or even those that are trying to just do all the good things to, to make you happy. Lord, I pray that you help us all to experience you in such a way that we would stop doing all of those things and start being christ-like in our lives through the power of your holy spirit living in us through the fruit of your spirit may people begin to experience the joy in our lives may they experience the love may they experience the forgiveness may they experience the gentleness the kindness the faithfulness the goodness the self-control lord if we're just out of control people help us lord to by your spirit to be in control i thank you and i praise you for that I don't often do this, but I'm going to ask if you just, for a moment, keep your eyes closed. And if this message is speaking to you right now and you need me to pray for you specifically, would you just raise your hand and say, Pastor, please, I I want so much the fruit of the Spirit to come out of my life. And it's specifically speaking to me. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Praise God. Don't always do this. And I, I always try and let the response be yours, but... I want to pray specifically for these hands. Yeah, any other hands? You can put them down once you raise them up. Thank you. Praise God. Praise God. God, you've seen these hands that were raised, and I believe that you're speaking to us today, and I pray that your Holy Spirit would just move on their lives. Each life, God, that is you're specifically speaking to, I pray that you give them the, the ability, Lord, to, to stop the other things and to just allow your Holy Spirit to be Jesus in our lives. That you would come out of us, Lord, as love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, goodness, faithfulness, self-control, Lord, right now in Jesus' name. May your fruit just pour out of us. May this be a church that's characterized by your fruit. Lord, not by our flesh. May the power of your spirit move in us so, so much so that we would not have to worry about sinning or not sinning or all the other things, but Lord, just the fruit of your Spirit is flowing out of us into the lives of those around us. I pray your blessing on each heart and each soul today in Jesus' name. And maybe you're here today, maybe you're here in this room, maybe you're here online, and you haven't accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. I simply want to invite you right now to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Just simply say, Jesus, forgive me of my sin. I accept your forgiveness based on the work you did on the cross. And Jesus, I believe that you were raised from the dead because you promised me eternal life. And today, because my sins are forgiven, I accept you as my Lord and Savior. I am now promised an eternal life with you. And I am committed to follow you for the rest of my life. I pray that in Jesus' name. Thank you for giving us the opportunity to join your journey. And I hope the message made a big difference in your life. And if it did, we just encourage you to go to journeychurchventura.com and let us know. Also, be free to share this message with your friends and family. We just love to impact as many people as we can. Once again, thank you for joining us at Journey Church Ventura.